Alternative Radio. Welcome to the Ken Mack and Coach JV Show. The future of finance is here. Prepare for freedom. Get ready to swallow the red pill because every week we're bringing you cutting edge, real, uncut, raw truths about finance in the world that you think you know to help you prepare for the biggest shift in generational wealth the world has ever seen. Warriors, rise! Get your shit together. Let's go. Good morning, Warriors. Warriors, rise. Welcome to Monday, the Ken Mack and Coach JB show, where we give you the red pill to open up your mind and awareness to the new possibilities for a human being. And today we have a very, very special guest. But first of all, I want to say thank you. Make sure you hit that like, subscribe button, hit the notification button, because every single Monday we're bringing you new innovative technologies, uh, innovative investing techniques to move you into this new quantum financial system. I think we can all agree that change is here to stay, and we're going to help you navigate into that change. But today, we have a very, very special guest. So Tim Frost, the CEO and co-founder of YieldApp, a digital wealth platform enables anyone to earn market-leading rates on their digital assets at a touch of a button. Tim has a background in early-stage growth and development, marketing, operations, and business development, and he spent the last six years building and incubating high-growth fintech companies. We talk a lot about fintech here on the, on the 3T Warrior Academy. Several of his startups have several million people and customers worldwide. So now YieldApp is the CEO of YieldApp is a digital wealth platform enables anyone to earn market-leading rates on their digital assets at a touch of a button. Thanks to our intuitive web platform, users around the world can start earning without having to go through lengthy, complex and often costly processes. We know barrier to entry is very, very important when it comes to the new financial system. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce uh, Tim. Thank you for coming on. Tim, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in uh, YieldApp and the DeFi space. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Thanks, Coach A.V. and uh, Ken. It's great to, great to be here. So kind of a, you, that's quite an introduction. So I'll, I'll try to kind of cap it off from there. But uh so I, um, this is my, my third, uh, my third fintech startup is, is yield app. And, um, you know, overall we, me and my co-founders were, were really kind of searching for, to, we wanted to build something new and, and innovative in the, in the fintech space and, uh, you know, particularly in, you know, merging kind of crypto and, and traditional finance and, uh, really with the emergence of DeFi, um, really it was kind of very captivating. Um, it was about two years ago when we kind of really started to, to grasp the, the, the true the true powers of decentralized finance and, and you know, what those uh, the wealth of opportunities is opening up. And so like, like I kind of have done before, um, kind of built a front end that was more of a, a FinTech, you know, built to, to sign up full custodial solution, right? A, a professional firm kind of managing your crypto assets on the front end and, and the back end, we're kind of harnessing the, the power of uh, decentralized finance. So when, just kind of all came together just kind of uh felt like it it made sense and, and something that you know the the market um needed beautiful yeah just on the uh you know you're in the market these like i i'm a big um, advocate of the platform myself and i've literally used the platform about 15 minutes ago i did my first uh, otc transaction in dubai which was super cool and i transferred um, a bunch of crypto from yield up uh right over to the uh, the otc desk so um, like I, I personally don't understand people who don't use DeFi um, because the returns that uh, that you receive compared to uh, what you get from the bank are 
you know, it's black and white. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, you know, I've, I've got a, a very important question to ask you, Tim, and it's, I want to just ask, how can digital assets, you know, help people protect and grow their wealth during a bear market um, by using a platform like yours? I just want to help people understand decentralized finance because it's a term a lot of people throw about that a lot of people don't understand. Um, so, you know, how, how would you... Um, um, you know, how would you say digital assets can help people protect and grow their wealth uh, during a time like now? Because I would say that, you know, we, we uh, well, as soon as Bitcoin goes down to 30K, we're in a, uh, or below 30K, we're in a bear market, but the market is not in a very good place right now. A lot of people are very worried. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question, Ken. Um, you know, overall, I mean, uh, I think, um, you know, our, our philosophy at, at Yield App is that, you know, uh, digital assets in, in general, the whole the whole ecosystem um, is a is only going to become a, a larger part of the the future financial systems uh, across the world. I think we're seeing the the need for this to continue to evolve and you know for, for adoption to continue to to grow just because of the the sheer the sheer utility of what it can provide so so many people throughout the world. And I, I know I think even the, the last few weeks we've seen use cases continue mm-hmm. to to evolve off that. Um, you know, overall, I think we, we kind of a very simple product and a very simple mission, like if, whether that's holding stable coins, Bitcoin, Ether, and, and soon other assets, you know, with Yield App, we, we allow you to continue to grow those holdings. So, you know, allow you to kind of grow on the earn on the base assets. So that's, you know, if you're Bitcoin, if you're long Bitcoin, like like so many of us are, um, you just want to continue to, to grow your, your portfolio and no better way than using yield app or, or, you know, harnessing the, the power of decentralized finance. And for so many people that, that, you know, don't understand and don't want to, you know, 24 seven monitor their, their own DeFi positions. And we've tried to make it very easy. So, so obviously we have a, a full-time team that that's working around the clock to, um, you know, evaluate, monitor, and to be able to, to utilize uh, decentralized finance properly. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you oh, go ahead. There's a lot of people that don't really understand, um, you know, what staking means in a decentralized finance platform. Um, in simple terms, how how would you um, explain what staking is, and how would you explain to the average Joe, you know, how it works? Because there's so many people out there that really don't have a clue uh, what staking is when we say that we're staking. Because to me, you know, when I'm staking, it's like putting my, uh, in traditional banking terms, it's like taking my fiat currency and then putting it into a savings account. How would you explain that in decentralized terms? Yeah, so uh, there's there's kind of a, a few different uh, definitions around even uh, around DeFi. Um, I think one one use case I, I think this uh, I think someone's everyone's pretty familiar with it is Uniswap, and so Uniswap exists because it's a, a you know a decentralized uh, exchange that allows people to be able to essentially trade any 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 sort of pairs. Uh, across it, whether that's stable coins, you know, it could be random LP tokens, uh, you know, rapid coin, et cetera. I mean, the, the essentially almost everything that you you have kind of in the in the blockchain um, ecosystem. So that works by by people be able to uh, provide liquidity, and so it's you know I, I think with some of its its most simple terms, it's it's providing liquidity to to a network that kind of allows trade. It's really a lot of the true value that, that, that really DeFi kind of has enabled people to do. So if you have stable coins or Ether kind of sitting around, you, you can be able to kind of harness directly, you know, and, and continue to grow your, your holdings. 
One thing I was going to ask you too. So like, there's obviously a massive change in our society happened, right? We went from hotels to Airbnbs. We're going from taxis to Ubers, a lot of this peer to peer network. How did you guys discover the need and really see the need for going to decentralized? And am I explaining that correctly? Like, for example, I came from the banking sector and broke free from the banking sector. I was an executive at a bank and I started to see when I was going through executive banking school, FinTech was, they were telling us to move into FinTech as we started to build out our banking models. And so to me, we're going to move away from brick and mortar people into more financial technology. But as we transition into, would DeFi be a good explanation of moving from centralized banking to someone moving into their, being their own bank? Yeah, well, it definitely enables that. I mean, I, I think with the, the advent of, you know, what's, what's being built on Ethereum now is essentially, it's, it's enabled uh, financial transactions that, that, cert, that, like, as you kind of mentioned, did never, never before did happen outside of a kind of a decentralized institution. So, you know, through through the advent of such a, a decentralized finance, you can be able to to trade um, currencies. You know, without the intermediary of a, of a centralized intermediary. So, um, DeFi, like everything, like the 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 emergence of fintech overall, which I mean, overall the, the simplistic terms of what it's what it's done, it's it's helped it's helped automate all, all these processes and be able to allow allow systems to scale very, very quickly. Like, for example, at Yield App, we are just, you know, a little over a year old. Um, we serve now over 75,000 users worldwide with, you know, a little over more than uh, 40, 40 people on staff overall, right? And so, or the, the amount of users that we can be able to to scale to and, and properly serve is, you know, going to be in the hundreds of thousands with not much more, um, staff than, than we currently have. So, uh, but the, with the, you know, the emergence of DeFi, I think was essentially it's done, it's, it's eliminated the, the middleman. So everything is governed by smart contracts. And so you are essentially paying fees now, that's the, the fees to the liquidity providers, the ones that are, that are able to stay capital to, to allow the transactions to happen. Yeah. And in your opinion, like as you see the whole infrastructure changing around banking, do you, what do you see happening with the traditional banking system as 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 it changes? Right. When you have DeFi or people are starting to use, uh, you know, PayPal, they're starting to go more decentralized with everything they do. Uh, we're in a rental based society. And so where do you see the traditional banking system going in regard to this? Do you think they're going to start turning to these types of systems or do you think they're going to stay with their old model and just try to weather through it? I have a. Uh... Uh, kind of a good, uh, a big mentor of mine, uh, a guy named Brett King, who really can, has really a lot of lectures on, on the future of, of banking and, and finance. And um, and for this, I, I think he's been spot on of, you know, the, the large financial institutions of the future are, are going to be the tech companies. And they're, they're going to be, we're going to be migrating away from, and we have been migrating away from already for, for the last few decades that, you know, essentially money will be dominated and controlled by by the, the top um, tech companies in the world. So you've, whether it's the Amazon, the, the Googles, the, the Apples, um, you know, the 10 cents as, you know, they've really, all of them ha have made major strides in, in the in the in the world of finance. And so the, the use of banks are, are going to be continued to, to be challenged, right? Because there's so much of the use case overall, this the fintechs have, have been able to, I guess, capture and, and almost improve on. The banks are, we would say, probably threatened by you guys. Do you do you feel in any way threatened by the, the traditional banking sector or intimidated by them? Well, 
I'm I'm by by no means like a anti anti banker uh, on a personal level. I think I mean you know absolutely. I, I think that we we need good financial services uh, worldwide, and and you know I just hope that it, it just makes the, the everything more competitive. Um, so I, I think the average person, I mean, we we all need good financial services and, and reliable financial institutions, right? For for the the lifetime to come, and so I think the the more options, the, the better. Well, so, you know, like traditional banking and blockchain banking could perhaps work together. You know, coming together and working together instead of working against each other. Yeah. yeah, I think they they are in a lot of sense. I mean, obviously, it's this is a new asset class, and it's been it's been kind of scary, but it's uh, it's also been embraced recently. I think more and more financial institutions are, are how can they how can they get involved? So you know, like companies like ourselves, like yeah, we we obviously want to, to kind of merge these these two asset classes as as so many other you know people are are kind of working to solve the, the same problems, and you know, I think. Fairly soon, Bitcoin, Ether, and stable coins are, are kind of really being adopted and seen as it's just you know other 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 currencies that are interchangeable. How do you see too? So with a lot of people, obviously, people are heavily focused over here, and we're going through some heavy economic times right now, right? We got money printing, you know, high debt ceiling, everything's going crazy with our economy. And so, how do you see digital assets helping people through these tough economic times? You know, we didn't have anything like this in 1929, went through the financial collapse. How do you see that balance in it protecting people through these tough economic times? Yeah, I mean, my my. My biggest personal belief is is during the or with the developing economies across the world. Um, so we we're seeing this on a kind of a constant basis. So you know those with with kind of failing national currencies. Um, you know if, if you're fortunate to be born in in some of the Western countries that have maybe a stable currency, even you know we we are plagued with with uh, high inflation and um, you know quickly the devaluation of, of our currencies, and so. Uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, uh, you know, they've been proven since, you know, since inception that they've, you know, greatly out outperformed all, all other currencies. And I, I think that's just going to only continue as, as the adoption continues to grow. Yeah, I was going to say, too, with the, the current market environments right now. So do you do what do you so I'm, I'm hearing your question right there. The answer to the question is you see the crypto adoption to continue to increase during these these economic times. I would say slowly. Um, it, you know, there's been a lot of a lot of attention brought, brought into the, the into the whole um, ecosystem overall. Uh, DeFi has been a been a huge catalyst. Uh, NFTs has probably been, I would say, one of the, one of the biggest as, as well as, as gaming. And so, I think the the more the more forms that we can kind of put in front of people that, that have, you know, forms that they're, they're comfortable with and they, they know, and they, they're kind of used to in their, their current life. Um, the, the better, the, 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 I guess the faster the pace of the adoption curve will be. Just a question on the, uh, yeah, I'm sure that everybody listening to this is concerned about the current market conditions and where we are in the, uh, in the bull market cycle, you know, I, I was posting last year, uh, November, um, saying that I didn't believe that a hundred thousand Bitcoin was going to happen, and the Business Insider had picked up in the, my social media post, so they interviewed me as to why I uh, thought and believed that the Bitcoin wasn't going to reach a hundred thousand uh, during this market cycle. Um, 
do you have a like a, an overview or a summary of the markets um of, of, of what your thoughts are where we are in the market cycle are we still in the bull market are we now in the bear market like where, where do you think we are because nor- normally these markets are ending with a blow off top that, that's what everybody was expecting and it never happened perhaps that blow off top or the mini blow off top happened in november maybe that was the top of the markets do, do you think that that's it for this run until 2024 or are you kind of circle or inner circle expecting um a higher price for bitcoin like where do you see us positioned right now and i'm sure there's everybody probably listening to this right now is probably wondering the same thing and of course you don't have a crystal ball so yeah i mean it's it's a, it's a great question i mean I, I think you guys and myself i mean we're we're all uh, well connected with with some of the the top players in the industry and um it's it's actually quite funny i mean I, i'm in some very uh, elite groups and there were some uh, polls that came out the other day and it was just that you know are we bull bear or unknown and it was it was as split as you could be and so here you go like so, some of the guys that you think are, are kind of you know leading the industry um they're they're i guess they're they're asking the same questions as, as the rest of us so um i mean but over i i don't as a personal level we don't really look at this on, on kind of a day-to-day is are we in a, a bull market a bear market i mean i think that we we all know like how how powerful of a you know industry that we're in and and how much the the world like is in need of crypto right now and and you know so the the use case that's so why I, I think about this you know we just want to continue to uh, put this in front of people and, and show them that there there's opportunities and and you can actually be um you know entering into into crypto um no matter where you're at in the the world and uh you know whether you want to hold you know bitcoin ether stable coins or or any of the other many many assets you know available and that there there's essentially options that that that, you know weren't even there previously hey tim how did you get how did you get to this point how did you go from like where were you before and regarding your work with fintechs but how did you get to this point and, and discover the need for decentralized finance and go into this business to help so many people with this type of stuff <clears throat> well i've I, I think a lot of us have had uh you know a particular world, world life uh, real life um situations i mean i've i've lived in um you know argentina and i was i was working down there uh when I when I was young and capital controls came in, that was the the first time I realized I, I was could not remit um, money out, out of the country, and it was just it was a very it was a very uh, empty empty feeling of you know just had went down there and and um, realized that you you now uh, could not do what you had to do like it, it was obviously you know you went down there to work to to remit. Um, money back to your family and um and so that uh, that was one of the most eye-opening you know events and and you know i've lived all lived and worked all over the world i mean you just you hear these stories all the time and and you know so to me once we once i ran into crypto just in in general i just it was this eye-opening of the the power the the borderless controls of this so it's more than just just DeFi, just the power of blockchain currencies um you know they're they're they are borderless and so no matter you know government sanctions or or, or whatnot i mean if, if something's happening on the the bitcoin blockchain um you know like transactions do do go through 
That's awesome. And then I think the, the power behind it is protecting people's wealth, right? And really getting that sovereignty. And do you see like mass adoption come in in like the next 10 years? Or do you, do you see like you brought, you brought up the slow strategy? And also, I think you said also I'm a long-term holder, right? I don't look at the markets on a daily basis. I don't worry if it's bearish or bullish. I just keep accumulating. So where do you see the long-term going for banking? Do you see a mix of DeFi? Do you see a mix of traditional banking, as you said? Or is it gonna, do you think we're going to be operating on the, the blockchain? Uh, it's happening slowly. Um, it's it's going to be happening probably probably faster than we think. It's you know we we get these uh, various statistics of, of how many people are actually holding uh, crypto right now, and so it's it's quite it's quite challenging to to really know. But uh, gamification, I, I think, is is probably going to be the the big catalyst. I, I think that really really moves this. Is just there's you know I'd say probably over a billion two billion gamers now worldwide. And, uh, you know, those that can kind of tap into this is, you know, these games continue to grow and evolve and, and just, you know, give people, give people access to this. And that's a, it's a perfect, perfect gateway to, to get people involved. And, and once, once you get digital assets and, and you can actually use it, I think it's for, for almost everyone, I think it's, it's eye opening. Like it is, it's, it's tangible. It's money. You can buy goods and services with it. You can, you can pay bills with it. And so it just, you know, opens up the, the whole realm of possibilities from there. Yeah, that's it. The, the gamification and then also to like the the baby boomers are holding all this wealth and that's going to be coming down into digital assets. It's like that's what I look at the, the long term broad paintbrush of what's happening with the gamification thing. I smile because we're getting heavily involved in that because of the actual depth of how many people are coming over. The younger generation is already used to the, the, the digital technology, right? And then you have the baby boomers too, who are transitioning. Do you see a, a tough transition for the baby boomers? And, you know, I know Yield App has a really nice uh, barrier to entry, like some of the other apps out there. And so do you guys focus on like barrier to entry, how easy it is to use the app? And, and is that something you guys look at from an owner's perspective in regards to like the baby boomers who, like my mom, for example, who still writes checks, right? But she uses an app that is uh, very easy for barrier to entry. Do you guys look at stuff like that as, as the baby boomers wealth is coming down? Well, well, absolutely. I mean, we're we're always looking at the the demographics of our, of our users and, and you know figuring out ways to to make the the less the least amount of friction to to open up account and and, and join this. So um, we're we're constantly looking to refine that, and we're finding the majority of our of our user base are between about thirty five to forty five year old male, and um, so that's our top demographic, which uh, makes a makes a lot of sense from you know from from all the interviews that we're we're doing of. You know why you know why people are, are using us at this point and what a point of their life and so you know uh the the baby boomer kind of generation that's um it's kind of interesting when they've been they're, they're going to be a little slow to adopt i, I think at this point but I, I think the the youth i mean are just so quickly adopting especially i mean even even some of the, the pre-teen kids now are, are they're growing up with digital assets for them it's 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 normal Right at this point, some of the the real youth. It's it's quite it's quite uh, eye opening to, to see. Yeah, that's it. Go ahead, Ken. Yeah, just just something I wanted to ask. Now, you know, I, I started my journey uh, back in 2007 when we had the uh, the recession, which um, it was pretty nasty. You know, it was one of the worst disasters, financial disasters since the Great Depression, in 1929. Now, what I want to ask is, um, I believe first of all, that we're going to be going into a recession probably by spring 2022. 
So how can people use digital assets to protect their wealth in challenging economic conditions? Because I think we can all agree now we are going into a recession. Hyperinflation is here. Um, like assets are overinflating on a daily basis. Things are getting worse and worse and worse. So we need to look at ways where we can mitigate and offset these uh, inflation figures, which are far more than they are probably telling us they are. So how can uh, the, the people listening to this now use digital assets to protect their wealth in challenging economic times? What do you suggest? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the, the U.S. State Department came out with the last figures, I think, were, were over uh, 8% annual interest rate. So obviously, you, you're going to have to outpace that. I mean, with with the yield up right now, for example, we, we can offer you up to, to 14% APY that, that can outpace the, the current inflation rates. You know, and so that's that's if you want to continue to hold your, your capital in, uh, in U.S. dollar denominated. Um, but, you know, overall, this is, I mean, we're, we're in very challenging times overall. I think that we're just kind of all waiting to see. Um, but, you know, if, if history is repeated anything, we think that, that you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum and, and other, other top assets are, are going to be a good, good staple to hold for, for the decade to come. Yeah, one thing I was going to ask you, too, is could you see more digital assets become legal tender in countries? And what would be that push for that? You're seeing a lot of the countries, not a lot of the countries, but they're pushing like even in, I live in Arizona here in the United States. And there's people pushing for it to be a, a legal tender. Do you see that happening uh, more often? Yeah, definitely. Um, so we've talked to, talked to a number of the parties that have been down there and, and, and working in, in South America and some of the, some of the rollout of the, the Bitcoin adoption. So, you know, I think once now it's out and we're going to continue to see it, I, I know a number, uh, a number of high profile, you know, I say Bitcoin uh, almost elitists are, are kind of actively working on it with different, uh, different governments around the world on, on such initiatives. So I, I, I'd be very surprised in, in this year if we don't, we don't see uh, more countries uh, begin to adopt it as well. Yeah, it's such an interesting dynamic too. They have the, we have the Miami coin, the mayor of Miami, and I saw they were going to be paying their citizens uh, dividends in Bitcoin. I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. And I think one of their goals is to eliminate taxes within Miami. I thought that was pretty interesting how, you know, and it's different. It's neat to see like in America, different spots and pockets focus on. We got like New York, they're trying to get a legal tenure, Florida, uh, Arizona, where I sit right now. So you're seeing a lot of um, a lot of deep layered adoption in Texas. Texas is becoming a massive spot for that. So where you're at, where you're located, is is a digital currency a, a big piece of the ecosystem there? Um, absolutely. I'm I'm currently in, in Thailand, and you're you're seeing adoption roll out, especially in the, in the retail environment, pretty pretty broadly. Um, there's been uh, some some recent rulings that have kind of came down that they're going to be making adoption a, a little bit challenging. But you know, overall the the you can't walk down a street corner down here without without seeing an advertisement for for one of the large crypto companies. So, I mean, it's it's here, it's it's right in our faces, and um, you know everyone's talking about. It. 
Yeah, I was going to say, too, it's like such an interesting transition we're in right now. And that's how do you like so you're a long term investor. You don't look at the markets on a daily basis. And how do you keep yourself calm being the CEO of Yield App with all the volatility within the market, all the changes and things happening? I mean, how do you keep yourself uh, calm through this? Is it a 30,000 foot overview looking at the big picture? Uh, because, you know, we I run a crypto academy, 3T Academy. We keep people calm through doing fundamental long term. And every time we invest in a crypto, I say I'm investing in a software. I look at the company. I look at the leadership team. I look at where they're heading in innovation. Is it going to be here in five years? How do you keep yourself calm being the CEO of a crypto company? Meditation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> meditation. A couple drinks a uh, night. <laughs> can't, yeah, you, you, we can't take it too seriously, uh, you know, all, all the time, right? I mean, there's there, there's highs and lows in, in, the, in the crypto world. So obviously, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to ride your days on, on just where, where the market moves, right, there's going to be a, too many, too many highs and lows, right? So Yes, we, we got, you know, a, a global staff and, you know, we're, we, we have a big, you know, vision of what we're building. And so we're, you know, heads down on, on a daily basis. And, um, you know, uh, we, we do look up once in a while and, and see what's happening in the markets. But it's, it's, it's always around. I mean, you know, overall, I think every day, whether, um, you know, markets are up or, or down, like there, there's more deposits coming in. And, and obviously that's, that's capital that, that needs to be managed properly. And, you know, so it's just, you know, there's never, never a shortage of things to do. So I, I said, I, again, I, I might be probably, you know, maybe a, a little bit bland on, on that topic, but, um, you know, I just, I just think of this as you can't look at these things as, as kind of such short-term views. Um, you know, I think, all of us are probably financially stable, right? And so once you get to that point in life, right, it's it's now about you know building something of of legacy that that you're, you can be very proud of. Yeah, and you talked about putting your head down and building for the future. Where is Yield App going in the future? I know in America right now, I don't think you can use Yield App in America. Ken introduced me to it. And I'm like so interested in what you guys do as a dynamic. Where do you see Yield App going in the future, and what is the big plan for Yield App? Yeah, so we're, we got a, a big development roadmap. Um, right now, and the, and no, we're we're not serving the U.S. clients, and um, we we have no timeline of ever being able to serve this market, unfortunately. But uh, we're we're you know rolling out our mobile apps in, in the very near term. Uh, we we just kind of relaunched the the entire platform right now, which is we've had so much much positive feedback from, and uh, getting those kind of robust fiat gateways. Uh, that's kind of one of the, the next big big milestones that we'll, we'll be rolling out soon. And, and I think that's a, that's a big part of what we're doing. Obviously that, that fiat to crypto, you know, having those, those smooth gateways and, and low fees, right. That people can be able to move and out of crypto uh, as they like. So uh, those are uh, kind of our, some of our milestones. Um, others is, is cross chain capabilities. Nice. You know, we, we know that people want to be able to move their value and it should not really cost them, cost them money to do it. And so, mm -hmm. Uh, using the Ethereum blockchain is well expensive, for, for mm -hmm. least. so um, so giving more and more options of, of people that can be able to essentially move their value around uh, for for minimal fees. So you know all this is that really at the the top of our to do list, and it's it's on the it's on the pipeline. And, and so we're you know we have a, a very passionate user base that, that have been with us, and uh, you know we want to keep uh, delivering great products for them. What's your yeah. time horizon on adding more blockchains to the platform? Well, it's it's uh, essentially ready in um, you know kind of in the testing scenario. So it's 
I would say it's it's within weeks uh, away from formatting the, the next chain. Um, it's just about you know getting the, those those things in in um, the, in the pipeline into the production environment, and then we uh, continue to move on. But uh, yeah, we we you know we have to move cri- uh, quick. The crypto moves quick. I mean, we we all know it, it moves so at such a fast pace. So you know, and uh, everyone demands products uh, yesterday. So you know we're no, no shortage of on that side. Yeah, I have a question for you. So I'm the CEO of a couple of companies and, and I know being a CEO, obviously a lot of responsibility, but I couldn't imagine being this new innovative space. What are some of the biggest challenges you faced and how did you overcome those challenges? Well, I think we're, we're facing challenges always on a, on a constant basis. I, I think one thing you've, you've touched on a, a lot of times is the, the, the market swings. And so, you know, having staff that, that, you know, try to keep them pretty, pretty even keel where, uh, they they don't get so excited when when things are going up, and you know they're they're not suicidal when when things are going down, right? I mean, you know, it's uh it's you know unpredictable markets, and they, they take really kind of wild rides. And uh, the other is is just kind of you know continue to march on this regulatory uh, landscape. And so we're you know us and, and every kind of crypto company out there, we're, we're trying to to always you know plan this this out and and build on the fly of obviously trying to to navigate a, a very, very complicated uh, situation. Yeah, that's got to be interesting navigating through that, especially, I mean, running companies, number one, and then having the volatility within the markets, and number two, mag- managing through that uh, regulatory landscape. So kudos to you. <laughs> that's a lot, a lot to do. Yeah. So awesome. Just in the maximizing purchasing power, you know, this is probably one of the most important times in history to maximize purchasing power. So, with inflation at a multi-year high uh, levels in the developed world, how can digital assets fit into inflation protection strategies? That's a, it's a, it's another tough question there, Ken. But um, you know, overall, I mean, we we have to we have to outpace uh, the current inflations, and you know, I, I think if you're you're leaving your your capital in your your bank, um, you, you'll actually never be able to, to outpace you know, past inflation, especially anything that we see moving forward. So um, it, it's triple, you, you can't have idle, idle capital working. So if you have, you know, a digital asset wealth management platform, like, like yield app, obviously we, we help you cut into that. Otherwise you know, to harness the, the powers of, of decentralized finance. So if, if you're essentially holding, holding capital that that's not working, you're, you're, you're losing purchasing power on a, on a daily basis. So, you know, it's going to have to be very creative, kind of moving forward. And but I think you know one thing that's, that's fortunate is you you have companies out there like like us that are, are helping you kind of navigate that the complicated times ahead. Yeah, but the you know let's say inflation was fifteen percent. I think they say it's a lot less, but let's say it's fifteen percent. And if yield app is paying out fourteen, fifteen percent, then that's almost offsetting the inflation. So your money is growing. And it's offsetting the inflation, so it should be balancing itself out. But if inflation really is as high as they say it is, then you know you're taking a pay cut unless your employer gives you a 15 percent pay rise. And not only that, but with all of the cost of goods, uh, consumables, things that we need to live in a daily basis, you know, gas, electric, food, with all of the uh, um, you know the inflated figures that we're dealing with uh, in the real world, you know, we're really up against. It. And those who are not taking action in a time like now are going to get, they're going to get hit really, really hard. Um, so now 
is the time in history when you need to have a well-diversified strategy. You need to be thinking about the bigger picture. You need to break away from the blue pill way of living. You need to think about breaking away from the matrix, coming away from the Truman Show, living the red pill lifestyle, looking around you, what everybody's doing. You know, the, the, having a strategy which includes something to do with decentralized finance, something to do with buying gold and silver, something to do with buying land. But also I was thinking today as well that, you know, all of these assets that people are buying, you know, very soon, maybe nobody's going to care about your cars, your watches, your, you know, your expensive watches, because once things become, you know, they get out of control, um, they're going to be in survival mode. And when people are in survival mode, you can't eat your watch, you can't eat your car, you can't eat your Bitcoin, you can't eat your gold, but you can eat off the land. I think we're heading for a very dangerous time. And that's why we need to, as entrepreneurs, we need to think ahead into the future, what we could do right now in order to maximize our purchasing power. And for me, that's why Yield App has been one of my strategies to combat or to rebalance inflation with stable assets. You know, for me, I prefer to hold stable assets and yield up, um, of course, because they pay higher rates of interest, but you don't have that capital appreciation. Uh, but the cool thing about uh, these uh, crypto assets like Bitcoin and Ethereum, to me, one Bitcoin is like an apartment. Um, you know, your apartment goes up in value, like your Bitcoin, but of course not as volatile. Uh, but, you know, these are all the different variables that you need to think about in a time like now. But yeah, I was really thinking about, you know, we're, we're in asset bubbles. You know, all of these overpriced uh, properties, all of these overpriced watches, your cars. Uh, in, you know, I'm, I'm getting paid to drive my car right now, which is insane. I bought a car four years ago, which is worth more than what I paid for it four years ago. But like that, that needs to stop. Like that can't go on and continue to go on. Like now people are going to get desperate and they're going to have to start selling off these assets. So being ahead of the curve is one of the most important things that you can think about in a time like now and having your own agenda 2030 you know i started planning a long time ago before 2020 i seen what happened in 2007 i was here i've been an entrepreneur for 16 years so that's what our listeners need to think about just now is what happened in the past where are we now what happened since 2020 is it too late to start protecting yourself now no but it's it's a little bit late in the game but, you know, there's, there's no time better than now to start to do something about your financial situation. And, uh, you know, raising financial consciousness has been one of my goals to help, to help as many people as I can weather the storm. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful that I've found Yield Up. You've come on to share your wisdom, your expertise, your experience and the amazing platform that you've built for everybody. So I just wanted to thank you, uh, you know, for having this uh, ha having this service because to say it's easy is an understatement. You know, I've got my, my mother into de just got her into decentralized finance in the last six months, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I, I, like I, I'm hoping uh, that mass adoption ha happens um, quicker than what it's happening now because unless people do something right now, then it's going to be too late. The millionaires of today are going to become they're already becoming the middle mm -hmm. class of tomorrow. Yeah, you know, one thing I'll say, it goes right into what you were talking about, Ken, is, is protection, right? And how can we protect ourselves? So a big conversation in America is stable coins, right? And the, and the threat of stable coins on the financial system. So what role can stable coins play um, in helping helping investors, Tim, weather the recession? So what role, because a lot of people don't understand when they're what, exactly what a stable coin is, and what role can that play uh, to help people weather this recession? 
Yeah, I, I think that goes basically on a, on a global scale. And by the way, Ken, that's very, very well said and a lot, a lot of very good points there. Um, but the essentially um, stable coins allows you to, to digitize your, your, your money, your, your U.S. dollars. And so obviously getting them in, into this world obviously gives you a wealth of opportunity to be, to be able to, to earn on that. So, um, you know, participate in, in the, the crypto universe uh, overall, if that's, you know, the NFT space or, or decentralized finance, right? It, it just, and it's essentially borderless money at, at this point as well, right? It just gives you a lot more, a lot more versatility than you, than you can get actually with your, your current bank accounts and, you know, just the, the speed and velocity of you, know, you can be able to move money. So, you know, I, I'm extremely uh, bullish on the, on the future of uh, stable coins and, and the, the many, many use cases that are going to continue to spawn up around, around it. Yeah. Well, okay. So I know you're obviously a visionary being a CEO and being in fintech and you obviously saw a need, which is what a, a owner of, like a lot of people don't realize, you know, to be an owner of a company, if you saw a need where you couldn't move your money and you came up with a, a pro solution to the problem, right? And so where do you see visionary wise, Tim, where do you see the future of finance in 10 years? Have you really dove into that? Like, where do you see the future of finance and banking and cryptocurrency in the, in the next 10 years? Yeah, I mean, every everything is going digital, um, period. And I, I think the the C word helped, uh, you know, really push this. I mean, in, into hyperdrive, it just uh, it shows the, the the absolute need. Uh, brick and mortar establishments are are going to be kind of a thing of the past, and uh, fintechs, tech companies will will completely rule uh, finance and and um, uh, the future of money. And so that's you know beyond just crypto, you know, just to the sure way that we're going to be able to, you know, I guess manage our money, invest our money, uh, move our money. Like it, it's, it's going to be all digital and, and um, you know, digital currencies and, and traditional finance will, will, I think have, you know, pretty seamlessly emerged. And there's so many great companies right now working on, on, you know, really, really seamless solutions that are going to be, you know, implementing this into our daily lives. So um, I think overall it's, it's, it's going to create more opportunities and, and that's, you know, what we're, what we're always looking for is, is um, you know, ways of putting our capital work in a secure fashion. That's awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you too about the, you know, you brought up gaming and the, um, the, the NFT space, or you brought up gaming specifically and the flood of gaming and how many people did you say was are, are gaming right now? What was the number on that? Well, I, I think in the, the um, I guess the, the, the old world, I, I yeah. believe it's up to two billion. Uh, the last I saw, so it's a it's quite a quite a significant uh, amount of the world population that, that are actively involved and in that aren't yet in yeah. the crypto game side. Yeah, that's just thinking about that. I just wanted to recap that as we kind of wrap this up. I was thinking, man, two two billion people out of seven billion people in the world, and that's the type of market capitalization we have coming towards the crypto market. And they're already did, did into the digital space, right? And so that's one thing. And then also the baby boomers, as you talk about, as they transition, and your age group being thirty five to forty five. In our Warrior Academy, too, with four thousand warriors worldwide, our average age group is thirty five upwards to about about forty five would be our main sector. And so there's so many exciting things happening with yeah. the baby. 
baby boomers, all that wealth coming down right into the, into the space, all the gaming uh, coming over. And so it's really neat to see. And thank you for your insight around that. So um, I'm just really honored to have you on here as well. And it's really nice to hear it from someone who's not only in the fintech space, so someone who uh, created a solution to a problem. And I think that's the biggest things as people go out into this new space and this new way of finance. And, and I want to want to ask you one more question. I'll kick it over to Ken to wrap us up. But um, in regards to how do you see jobs? I want to talk to you about that being a CEO of a company and a fintech company. I truly believe the cryptocurrency type of jobs is going to be uh, the future of, of careers, right? And, you know, Jerome Powell in America said that we're coming back to a new economy leverage towards technology. And he is worried about the middle class in America. I mean, he said that it's his exact words. Like I'm worried about the middle class in America. You said it yourself, uh, brick and mortar. When I was in banking nine years ago, we were already starting to get rid of brick and mortar. We we're going to talking ATMs uh, right now. I still have connections to banking and they said that they're going to start to get rid of those mid level managers. So you're starting to see them start to push the people out, bring the technology in. Uh, so where do you see, like if someone's looking for a career, maybe if they're not the entrepreneurial space of mind, where do you see careers going in the next, 10 years well uh, overall i mean I, I think everyone needs to you know grow accustomed to to working online and, and, and be uh, be self-driven and um you know overall i mean i think we probably see in our lifetimes and it's only going to continue to change is, is things are moving at such a pace that you know you you can't really you can't really forecast having a, a single career for for the rest of your life, right? And I mean, I, I can't believe how many different careers I've you know already had on, on a personal level, and I'm sure yep. you guys as well. Um, and you know, we're we're inventing things that you know jobs that didn't even exist, right? Uh, even a decade ago. So, you know, you you need to be well. We have to be extremely versatile, uh, but you know, that's at the same time it creates so so much amazing opportunity because, I mean, everything is available at the at the you know, just online, it doesn't matter anywhere you're in the world, you can learn anything. I mean, it's, it's all a wealth of information out there. If you want to learn to code, to be a good marketer, mm. right? There, there's, I mean, social media is, is just full of, everything. so there, there's no, I mean, there's no limitations on, on anything. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I kind of always shock people. I mean, seven years ago, I was a professional basketball player. Wow. Right? And, you know, I, I, you know, started my first FinTech, you know, a, a few years afterwards and, and what, how was I qualified to do it? I, well, I wasn't, right? I didn't have any skill sets to do it. I just had determination and uh, willpower to, to go in and figure it out. And so I, I've done this and I've done this a few times. So um, I think for, for anyone, I mean, yeah, this is the, the world is, the world is what you make it. And so, yeah, yeah the future of jobs, absolutely. That's wild. It's so neat. And, you know, I'll kick it over to Ken to wrap it up. But it's it's so interesting to see. I talked about the hotels to Airbnbs. We got taxis to Ubers. We got, you know, people now delivering groceries to people's houses. And you brought up a really good point with the C word. We all look this way. Next thing you know, we're on Zoom calls five five times per day. Right. And so I think what we can all agree upon is we're moving to a digitalized environment. And it's just how do you show up in that environment? I think it's the greatest time in human history to take advantage of the biggest shift in our economic social structure on how we interact and stuff. With all the things going on in the world, we know that there's some big changes coming. So I just want to say thank you for, number one, coming on here and really showing us what's possible, right? With seeing, I love your story of how, you know, you were in a country and you couldn't, you got to feel that feeling of not being able to move your money out of a country. I mean, that's got to be a, a suffocating.
suffocating feeling and to say, hey, listen, you know, I can come up with a solution to a problem. That should be very inspiring to a lot of you out there watching this. You know, everything's changing as we know it. I mean, if you have an idea and you have a, 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 a solve to a problem, you can become an entrepreneur. And I love what you said. You came out of basketball. You said, what qualified me to be in fintech? Nothing. You just had an idea to go out there and do it. And that's very, very inspiring to me, you know, taking fintech out of it and digital digital assets. It's your story of saying, hey, listen, I saw a problem. I came up with a solve and I came up with the resources to do it. Now, here you are, the CEO of Yield App, helping people all over the world. So I just want to say thank you. It's an honor to have you on here. And hopefully we can continue these conversations. So I'll kick it over to Ken. Yeah, so it kind of leads me on to the question I wanted to ask yeah. you. And I'm sure that everybody else has gotten yeah. to um, get the answer to as well. So you're the CEO of a major decentralized finance company. You're living in Thailand. Uh, well, what is your life like on a daily basis? What, you know, what, what is your routine like? You know, you're living probably on the beaches in a very exotic country. Um, you know, what, what is your life like? Monday to Friday. Yeah. Weekend. Yeah, I, I, you know, the office is in uh, Bangkok, and so I, I'm, I'm here uh, most of the times. But I, I do uh, partly live in in Phuket as well, and so you know, try to enjoy a, a little bit of the the city and the the, the beach life. Um, you know, overall, I, I think Thailand's a it's a great place to to live in and work. Um, many many expats kind of work here as well, kind of remotely, and I think that's also the, the part of the, the future of work. But um, you know, overall, it's it's you know it's not much different than than what it was before. Just uh, coming in, coming in uh, you know, w work hard, uh, you know, sixteen hours a day, and uh, try try to uh, enjoy enjoy the downtime as well. Nice, yeah. Th thanks for sharing that with us. Uh, you know, Thailand is a beautiful place. Yeah. You're very lucky, blessed to be uh, living there. Yeah. Hope you guys uh, come visit. Yeah. So. Yeah, that'd be amazing, man. You know, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, for sharing your, your journey with us, for answering the questions. And we're very grateful. Yes, Sorry. yes. And then I know it's not part of the roadmap right now, but I hope you'll come to America soon <laughs> with Yield App and eventually in the future. But we're excited. And it's an honor to have you on here to really walk us through that uh, from your perspective of, you know, leaving basketball, saying, hey, I have an idea, a solution to a problem. And now here you are, the CEO of Yield App. And I think that should be very inspiring for a lot of people because this is a great change in human history. And some of the within the greatest change could be some of the hardest times, but also some of the greatest times. So we appreciate all of you listeners. If you're listening on the podcast world wide. We have tons of listeners. We thank you for that. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the like, subscribe, hit the notification button because we're going to continue to have people like Tim Frost on helping move us into this quantum financial system. And one thing I got from this is, you know, easing my mind and really looking at that long-term strategy of overall what's happening with our economy and where we're heading. So Tim, thank you so much. Ken, thank you so much for your continued uh, support and mentorship as well. So as we always tell you guys, warriors, rise, get your shit together. Let's go.